Welcome to the FBC Athens podcast, open to explore devotions. Today marks the 30th day of the pilgrimage to the cross. The devotion is given by Alexis Jorgensen and is based on the parable of the ten bridesmaids, recorded in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. It will be read today from the Common English Bible. Allow for the music played by Addison Acock to quiet your mind and open your spirit to listen for God. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now five of them were wise, and the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't bring oil for them. But the wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, They all became drowsy and went to sleep. But at midnight there was a cry, Look, the groom! Come out to meet him! Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil because our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaids replied, No, because if we share with you, there won't be enough for our lamps and yours. We have a better idea. You go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the groom came. Those who were ready went with him into the wedding. Then the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. I'm not sure I'll ever get to the point of hearing this scripture without getting just a little bit squirmy. For me, there is a palpable discomfort in sitting with a parable that feels so counterintuitive to Jesus' teachings, especially because my mind can imagine the story of the bridesmaids going the exact opposite way. The wise bridesmaids share their oil, the foolish are repentant and learn a lesson, the groom lets everyone in anyway, And we get to wrap a neat bow on everything and feel warm and fuzzy. And yet, we are asked to contend with the reality of an abrupt ending that does not feel outrightly good. And this is describing the kingdom of heaven. So in the midst of this seemingly upside-down parable, I have to go back to explore what I know for certain and what my brain has filled in on its own. Here's what I know. We are to interpret that some actions in this story were considered wise and others were considered foolish We know that all of the bridesmaids fell asleep, but only some had the forethought to bring enough oil. 
We know that the foolish bridesmaids asked and were denied a portion of the wise bridesmaids' oil rations. And we know that ultimately, the groom did not open the door for the foolish. And as I reflect on what I know for certain, I realize that I don't know anything about the tone of any of the interactions. Were the bridesmaids righteous? Annoyed? Remorseful? Panicked? What about the groom? Was he judgmental or sorrowful? Or maybe even both? Reflecting on the ways our minds fill in the gaps can reveal a lot about how we think of God and the character of the kingdom. It reminds me of A.W. Tozer's idea that what comes into our minds as we think about God is the most important thing about us. And perhaps adjacently, how we think about the parties in this parable illuminates how we have come to conceptualize interactions with others, particularly as we have to tell people no sometimes. When considering my hope for the kingdom of heaven, I want to believe that my first instinct around this parable is wrong, that my worldly brain plugged in harshness and annoyance where there wasn't, and it missed the opportunity for compassionate boundaries and care, even in the midst of consequences. An interaction that looks gracious and humble and still includes responsibility and accountability. This is easier said than done for me, of course, but it gets easier when I put myself in the shoes of the wise bridesmaids, past a superficial desire to be considered wise. These women had spent some time together for the earlier party of the event. There was likely some sort of connection there, a bonding that we are moving together toward a bigger purpose. And so saying no to their fellow bridesmaids probably wasn't so easily impersonal or even just professional. Saying no was to choose discomfort for the sake of responsibility to a greater purpose. And in this case, witnessing their companions suffer a major consequence. Now those of us whose natural bent may be keeping the peace or pleasing others might have a similar reaction that I did. It feels deeply uncomfortable to tell someone no to their face. And I have been known to overextend and go against what would be wise to do what feels peaceful in the short term. Partly because I can convince myself that wisdom should feel good. Obviously, that is not a one-to-one, though. So how are we supposed to figure out what's wise in truly uncomfortable moments when someone looks us in the eye and asks us to make a hard choice? Because what is wise doesn't always align with what feels good or instinctual. And doing the wise thing may not feel so simple or assured, and there's no guarantee of immediate peace. I think we desperately need discernment from God to help guide us. Maybe it's scripture or individual prayer, or maybe it's wise counsel who we trust to be balanced and thoughtful. And we also need to be open to being surprised by what the Lord says, especially since what might be wise in one situation might be foolish in the next. Wisdom is difficult because we can't fall back on black and white thinking or legalistic mindsets. If we could, we wouldn't need God we would just need a thorough flowchart. We not only have to ask God to help us discern what is wise, but trust that he will make it good, even if the immediate reaction is not. We need him in all parts of this process, from decision-making to witnessing the potential fallout. Because I'll be vulnerable here. If I don't cling to the Lord during the aftermath, and if my ego or pride is driving the bus, then the odds of me keeping a heart in line with the Holy Spirit are pretty low which is decidedly not what I believe heaven looks like. And thank God that we get to look forward to a heaven that includes wisdom and discernment, and most importantly, a connection with our Father. Let us pray.
Lord, we thank you for your presence and your wisdom, and that we may hope to be aligned with it through a constant closeness to you. Help us to make our world look more like your kingdom each day, and our hearts like those that adore you. Amen. Amen.